0: This is Sandy Clough and Sean Tar on Mile High Sports. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us on Mile High Sports. He's Sandy Clough. I'm Sean Tar. I, I I like the way you started the show yesterday, Sandy, with, with the great Danny Bailey in the booth. I mean, we need to make sure we we call that out. So Danny Bailey in the booth He's for the rest uh, because we have what two buttons? Yeah, literally two buttons. And I think they just I think they just mute us, but I've I've never touched it. Because I tend not to touch buttons that aren't labeled because bad things happen. Well, oh, I would
1: never touch this. Yeah, I don't button. know what it
0: I don't know what it does. It, so it
1: might be electrified.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'm not gonna touch it. And uh yeah, so every really uh, everything you're hearing and seeing Bailey is because is, uh, of Danny. Bailey is
1: in fact a miracle worker when it comes to uh technical solutions. Uh we've been doing this for six months. Six months, yeah. All right. give or take. Mm-hmm. And there hasn't been a single technical why issue. Why would you just? Why would you say in that? Six months. Why would you say that? Because I know six months from now I'll be able to say the same thing. Okay. No, I I, I will say this. There's not been what a technical table I'm gonna issue on. that 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 he is not expeditiously yes. solved.
0: Yes, that wasn't, um, for example, like my fault, like I turned a knob down or. Well, I, I, I mean, yes, you. I have unplugged things occasionally on accident. Yes. Um, I mean, I've hit that reset you're, button you're, on that power strip. Your
1: tendency to come in too soon, and my tendency to believe that uh, um, because I wasn't hearing something in my headsets. Oh, right. I, I, in fact, should not have been hearing what I thought I should have been hearing, and that was totally yeah. me. And Danny Bailey merely rolled his
0: Different eyes. Different expectations, yeah. Uh, and mine is the same thing about once yeah. a show. If you're watching it, by the way, over at MileISports.com or on the Free Miley Sports app, uh, Sandy's right. Twice a week or so, you will see me jump in and talk with a whole bunch of energy, but you won't hear it. That's because I'm still early, and our microphones are muted. My daughter, because I'm all I, fired up. My daughter, by go. the way,
1: I had a, a reaction to the good doctor, uh, whom she knows. Yes, uh, from yesterday, and her reaction was simply this: "I love Little Wayne." Now, I think she likes The Rock, but she loves Little Wayne. Oh, okay. I mean, when Little Wayne came out... Now, I, you know, I did not immediately recognize Little Wayne when he came out. The other okay. Day. I mean, it's on the scoreboard. He's, he's pretty distinctive he's had, uh, I think number 17. Yeah. But at first, I did not recognize him, and that was not a problem for my daughter, who did immediately recognize him. And uh, <laughs> our exchange was... Uh, I don't believe players, uh, this is from her, of this generation mind celebrities on the sidelines. Uh, They do Uh, not. I texted back, but it may have been a distraction to the coaching staff (laughs) that she agreed with that. So I I think it was more likely. I'm half kidding, Danny. Danny's not in agreement with that. Uh, no, it, I I mean it I am not kidding. It was but, a lot. But I thought it, if anything, it was more of a distraction to the coaches than it was to the players. I don't admit the players noticed, cared. Um uh, maybe they did notice and 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 didn't care or rather liked it, what whatever it turned out to be. But I, I we'll talk about this in, in just a second. So I won't won't you can get into it and I won't steal any of your thunder except to say I, had all sorts of I, I really takes. like uh, what CU has done uh, in reacting to uh, what took place the other night—a hit that I think we both agreed was egregious—it was. And I know I'm, I'm hearing from you. people who are saying, so, "Well, I remember when Jim McMahon got Paul Axton, so did Terry Bradshaw about a decade earlier. McMahon around 1986 by I think Charles Martin of the Green Bay Packers, if if I recall correctly." And Bradshaw got it from one of the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, but His name escapes me 40, 10 years ago. But, that, but if you have to go back one, if yeah. you have to go back that far <laughs> right. to find something egregious, that's almost 40 that it was almost years ago is pretty bad. Uh, and it was uh, the latest of, of late hits. Um, uh, but we, we can proceed from there. And I think it has been, um, handled hopefully up in Fort Collins, uh, proper precautions have been taken and hopefully they find the lunatics who have been uh, doing this uh, over the last few days making these threats yeah and, un- and, and, and I, I appreciate CU's reaction too and we'll get should that. It turn the temperature down. I, I can't imagine uh, well unfortunately I can in our society today people taking things. To the, the, that extreme, and yes. Both coaches have said, and I think correctly, that it's it's a game we're talking about. It's supposed to be fun, and.
0: It's a game. It's uncalled for, and I, I get it. Uh, Jay Norvell didn't, didn't make it a lot better when he said it was a bang-bang play and yeah, didn't, didn't yeah. really think I, that much I, of it. We he played that sound
1: yesterday, and he, he could have been better. He could have been better, but
0: he's also defending his player. And right. in, in, in and Blackburn's case. Joe Parker, case, I thought, was very good. Yes, uh, and, and, and I think when you have to well, to set the situation for people of what we're talking about is the uh, before the game even ended, uh, Henry Blackburn, the safety who made the the late hit, and we both agree, and I think a lot of people agree, around the entire country, probably should have been ejected for the hit. He was yes. properly flagged, oh, yeah. but probably also should have been disqualified from the game. Sent Travis Hunter to the hospital. Hunter came back uh, for a couple plays before then needing to go to the hospital. Uh, multiple uncorroborated reports, by the way. I'm just the It's a little different than the pros. You, you don't necessarily have to reveal so much, but multiple reports, uh, indicate that he suffered a lacerated liver, which would be consistent. That is yeah. um, the most common trauma injury to organs. Happens a lot in car accidents and things like that as well. And on the bright side, it is often as long as it is not serious and needs immediate surgery, uh, you you wait and just wait for it to heal. Uh, it, you yeah. observe and and take it easy. Exactly. And uh, fortunate, I guess, that it was not worse but even prior t- uh, to the end of the game, uh, Blackburn's address, family's address, phone numbers, things like that were getting published on the internet because internet uh, anonymity and a keyboard are not friends of a civil society, unfortunately. But you had people posting that and and then threats have been sent to both Blackburn and his family. That part is, is wildly unnecessary. And Deion Sanders had an opportunity to address it today.
2: Henry Blackburn is a good player who played a phenomenal game. He made a tremendous uh, hit on Travis on the sideline. You could call it dirty. You could call it he was just playing the game of football. But whatever it was, it does not constitute that he should be receiving death threats. That that's This is still a young man trying to make it in life, a guy that's trying to live his dream and hopefully graduate with honors or degree, uh, commit it to excellence, and go to the NFL. He does not deserve a death threat over a game. At the end of the day, this is a game. Someone must win, someone must lose. Everybody continues their life the next day. Very unfortunate. I'm saddened if there's any of our fans that's on the other side of those threats, I would hope and pray not, but that kid was just playing the best of his ability and he made a mistake. So I forgive him. See you. Um, our team forgive him. Um, Travis is, he's forgiven him. Let's move on. But that kid does not deserve that.
1: I don't know if you could be yeah, more that, that. That is more than obligatory. That is more than obligatory. That is uh, uh, exactly appropriate, word for word, exactly appropriate for the occasion. And uh, I salute him for. Uh, reacting that way gracefully. And he was not by the way, reading from any prepared statement or script or anything. This is all spontaneous. Obviously he had thought about what he wanted to say, but, uh, he was gracious. He acknowledged, uh, at least the possibility that some people who were sitting in those very stands Mm -hmm. the other night could have been behind some of the threats, um, hope they weren't prayed. They weren't, uh, I feel the same way. Um, I know in my section, you know, people thought he should have been thrown out, of the, out game, of the game, but you know, five minutes later they'd moved on, you know, they, they, there wasn't talk of it. So uh, in, in my section, I thought the reaction to it was appropriate beyond, you know, he, he should have been thrown out of the game and, you know, Hunter came back, played for a while, but Hunter was obviously out. That obviously hurt CU. But at least in my section, Section 106, people were very um, conscious of watching the game, and th- there was no talk of it.
0: Yeah, and I mean... 15 it's, minutes after look, it happened, it, there was
1: not a word mentioned.
0: Th- there's obviously the response to that. They were a little surprised that that didn't happen, that he wasn't dejected, but... Um, Sanders makes a good point too that quite frankly, you know, you take that away, and I get it. It's hard to take that away. Blackburn did play a heck of a game. He was impactful he the he was whole good. game. He very yeah. He
1: is a good player.
0: And good you player. run He's into good situations, and and we saw it with the uh, we've seen it with the Denver Broncos that uh, players who are not known as being dirty can make dirty plays. Kareem well, Jackson got ejected for the sure. second. Got ejected this week. Could have been ejected could have been the week ejected prior, week
1: before, except it happened at the right tail tail end of the game. Justin
0: you Simmons know. also got a roughing the passer that, that was well justified. And, Justin and we Simmons is a man of the year out. candidate, right?
1: Every we single we year, those things
0: out. It and it, it does happen. Hits. It's an emotional game. Dirty it hits. does happen, and even players who are not dirty players can occasionally make dirty hits. Yes. Uh, that that is life, and it's a, it's a game in which that is a risk. And if if you feel that hearing from Sanders. Uh, was not necessarily enough of that. He he mentioned Travis Hunter. Well, Travis Hunter went on his social media back from what appeared to be his uh, dorm room or apartment back uh, at at where he lives, and went on social media and was just talking about it uh, to people as well. But here's here's what Hunter said:
2: "It's football. There at the end of the day, stuff like that's gonna happen. So I just stay humble. I mean, hey, you do what he was supposed to do. It's football." Something bad is going to happen on the field sooner or later. We just got to get up and fight again. That's what I try to do, get up and fight. Good thing the doctors stopped me because if there was no doctors there, I would have still been out there playing. But I'm thankful for everybody that helped me that day. Yeah, boy, it's going to be a speedy recovery.
0: I mean, that's all you can can do. Even he, even he's saying, look, you know, was it a dirty hit? Okay, but it's football, and that might happen. And it, to, to my mind, if Travis Hunter is over it, then everybody needs to be right, over right. it. Exactly right. It's just that simple. I mean, uh, the, the, nobody else has the right to have a, the, the the guy that has the right to have the grudge is the guy that got hurt, and he's yeah. over it.
1: So, he's a class act too, by the way.
0: Yeah. So you know, you get over it. Uh, I I imagine that you know that's the problem too. You have you have fifty three thousand people in the stands, and and uh, we'll talk about the viewing audience is immense. Yeah. And it only yeah. takes a couple morons. Oh, that's right. A, 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 that's fraction, exactly of a right. fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a percentage. To make this bad for everybody, but you know if that's your thing, find another program to cheer for. Find some, find another one. The University of Colorado doesn't need you; they don't need that. Uh, there's plenty of other programs to go follow. Pick one of those if if you think that's where it fits. It's it's not a fit uh, in Boulder, and I understand that there's intensity about that, and I understand there's frustration, and I understand that the hit was indeed dirty, but, but it, you didn't get hit. Well, right. he's being, like, making right. the threats got hit. Nor, nor do I think that someone should have his family placed at risk because of it. Come it's on. It's ridiculous. Man. So be better than that. Look, if if Deion Sanders and the university is over it, but more importantly, if Travis Hunter is over it, then everybody needs to be over it. Because well, otherwise, not, uh, this was a phenomenal showcase for football in Colorado. Oh, the shit. numbers were through the oh, roof, Sandy. 93 million viewers on ESPN. To and that, get by the idea, way, is a
1: record for nighttime programming on ESPN.
0: Ever. Never. Ever. Ever. It, right. is, the, it is their ever. best. By the way, the average viewership during that window, 1.7 million, Sandy. That's over four times, really five times, as many viewers as normal for that late night game. The exactly. most watched night game they've ever had. But get this. Fifth most watched yep.
1: regular season game.
0: Regardless of time slot. Ever. ever. That's the, the fifth most watched ever college football game right. for a regular season game that's right. ever been shown and, on ESPN, and
1: it beats the viewership, I believe, for the TCU and Nebraska games.
0: Yes, and it was the most streamed regular season college football team of all time at as well.
1: Ten in the morning and noon played Eastern through the time.
0: middle of the day, noon Eastern, noon Eastern. They averaged about eight million for each of those. Yep. So, I mean, this is remarkable. And this went over nine million, and to get that. That game and remember East Coast. It's finishing at 2 a.m. Well, sure,
1: sure, absolutely. It's fi- it's finishing at well, yes. I believe when it, I looked down on my watch,
0: the game finished at I think 12:17 a.m. Yeah, roughly. So it's
1: actually 2:17. Yeah, Eastern time. Uh, About the time I got home, it was 2:30. Oh, I'm jealous. I, I believe mine was more like 3:45. Uh, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, well, I believe <laughs> it was that. a little on the ugly side. Uh, it was the most streamed. Regular yeah, season ever game had. of all time on ESPN.
0: So the the viewership for it, not only is that great for when I, when I say great for Colorado, I don't mean the university. I mean the state. This this was a remarkable showcase. It, you had a could. double overtime game in a game that had a a rivalry game that right. was far more heated, a three-touchdown underdog, very well can make the argument an they should have with won that game. Right. Yeah. The Buffaloes have never won a game in which they were eight points or more down in the final three minutes of regulation until that night. I mean, you're you're dealing with an extraordinary set of circumstances that continues to show what the attention is. And if, with the exception of the Blackburn hit, which I think for most fans who are unattached to either program, that was, ooh, that was dirty, boy, well, he got flagged, and then they moved on. That was a tremendous showcase for both universities. And for the state of Colorado football in general, there was a time when this game, the Rocky Mountain Showdown, was normally played in Denver, often had one or both of the teams ranked. And as a matter of fact, this is the first time in the last six times in which the the Rocky Mountain Showdown, when one of the teams was ranked, they didn't lose. It was about to be the seventh straight time that the ranked team lost. They did. So, I mean, this could not bode better for college football in Colorado. You have this coming on. So the Rams looked... put as about as good a face forward as they possibly could because they gave the buffs a much harder time than at least at the time number 22 ranked TCU did or traditional rival and big 10 power nebraska did power i guess can be used yeah, but you get it power 5 conference csu gave them a far better fight than either of those more notable programs to the point where they kept viewers staying up till very very early in the morning to watch that, Owen, oh, and, and by the way, lest we forget, I think people are fully aware it will gain momentum as the year goes along. Air Force down in Colorado Springs is going to be a 10-win team. Well, I mentioned yesterday uh, briefly that Air Force might be the best
1: team in the state. Um, I have never heard Troy Calhoun before a season began say, I think we're going to be pretty good. <laughs> that's in the true. tone that CJ, that's Troy Calhoun saying we're going to be pretty good, that means we're going to be real, real good. I've never heard 3-0. him say... Anything like that before a season began. And again, the first 10, even 11 games, you are probably not going to be able to tell uh, exactly how good, but then they finish up with Boise State. And Boise State's off to a slow start. I imagine Boise State will be better in November than they are here in September. Between
0: FS1 and CBS Sports Network and CBS Proper, of course, because, by the way, the Navy uh, Air Force game will be nationally televised. Uh, oh good! And, and on CBS, it'll be their noon game. Air Force will win that. Air uh, Force and Army might I be think a decent so. game, and and that one will be on CBS Sports Network. But get this: it, it, CBS Sports Network, CBS and Fox Sports One, only one of the Air Force's games, their game at Hawaii, for obvious reasons yeah. given the time frame, right, is not nationally televised. Right. The rest of their games right. are nationally televised. They're fun. They're fun. The to University watch, of Colorado announced today that they've sold out the season by the way as strange as this might sound that's never happened before there's a big old logo on Folsom Field at about the 25 yard line that points out this is the 100th season this is season number 100 1924
1: Folsom Field open through 2023 that'll
0: be 100 years um, they have never sold out every they game they've never sold out every game ever never, even at the ever, peak when they were top 10 even regulars in the glory years they have never
1: late 80s early 90s never sold out every home first
0: game. time they've sold out every game this year that's remarkable stunning. remarkable
1: and the money it's bringing in to boulder i mean it's tens of millions
0: on virtually a weekly basis I mean, now you know you were the same for you as, as a fan i mean yeah. the the game day experience the game day experience against nebraska was one thing because we, we saw that in the AM. We saw the energy in the in the PM with the Colorado State game. Uh, it has been a very long time since that kind of energy was on the campus up at CU Boulder on game day. A very long time. And we're talking like early to late 90s, That that 90s frame in which they were really peaking. And I'm not even sure because of the nature of television expanding everywhere if it's ever been this big. We've never seen an event where you had the Fox pro, pregame program on Field, and the ESPN college game day on another and the, the, the pomp and circumstance that was going out where, you know, you had the, you had the rock, they're wearing a Shadur Sanders Jersey, you know, normally, and I'll, that was kind of I thought about that too, from a purely humorous point. Normally when you have a celebrity grab a player's Jersey, they get a smaller size, not so for the, the rock. They had to to get a bigger one, yeah, like a much bigger one. (laughs) But you don't normally see that, and uh, it is an exciting time for football in Colorado for college, which is good because football for the pros in Colorado is a little bit different, and we talked about it yesterday. Russell Wilson is not the quarterback he was. Then again, is that a surprise? Is that really breaking news? The question is, is Sean Payton, maybe, the coach, That he once was. The reasons for that was a very interesting discussion over at ESPN that might have mimicked a little bit of what you heard from us yesterday. We'll let you hear it next. My Life Sports. Sandy Cuff and Sean Tar, presented by SuperBook Sports. Download the SuperBook app and start winning today at SuperBook.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. Let you know that we'll have Aaron uh, Anderson from Fox 31, our friend, coming on at the five o'clock segment. Join us, to talk a little bit about well everything going on. Covering sports, one of the fun of having Aaron is that uh, he'll talk about all of it. We can we can talk about anything with him. But the Denver Broncos, Sandy, and ESPN's uh, power rankings, 28th out of uh, 32 teams. Uh, They are not the lowest-ranked 0-2 team, but they are definitely also not the highest. That would be the Cincinnati Bengals for obvious reasons. But 28, quite frankly, after losing two games at home in which you were more than a field goal favorite, sounds about right to me.
1: Oh, I think so. Um, Yes, as you suggest, uh, if you do what i do early in the season and and you know when various outlets rank the teams one through 32 it's really hard to do this
0: early yeah uh,
1: some teams have played two at home some teams play two on the road um, probably a majority of the teams i'm guessing have played one at home and one on the road now but i break it into quarters because mm-hmm. that that, that just gives you better. Feel. And then that extra eight game messed, messed with your eight. thing. Now,
0: now you messed with your plan because now you what you know you have seventeen games. Well, made it all yeah. But but I'm only do, The I'm, math.
1: I'm only doing it for, you know, that way for the first four or right, six right. weeks, uh, and, th- and then I might break it down in in into thirds with the bottom two. Everybody knows the bottom two. Right. out of it by midseason. Spoiler but, alert: That'll be Arizona and Houston. Well, so you know,
0: or Houston, Arizona, (laughs) right? right, Whatever, (laughs) in some order, they're the two worst.
1: The Broncos are without question in the fourth tier. Oh yeah, right. I mean, no doubt.
0: The the tier in which you think that's a team; those are teams that aren't going to playoffs. These are
1: the teams they ranked ahead of according to ESPN's rankings this morning. You, Carolina, yep, Chicago, Houston, Arizona. That's it. That's the list. The Broncos are considered, as of now, just two weeks in, having lost two home games, which is hard to do to open a season. Not a lot of teams get two home games to start the season, and those that do don't lose them both. It's almost immaterial how bad they might be. They still you're going know, to win one, right? Right. And you know they they got Washington, I think, overranked, but. Washington is 2-0, mm-hmm. and the big winner in USA Today's weekly winners and losers from the NFL weekend pass, the big winner. And I think we both talk to people who think, you know, Eric Biennemi is going to get his opportunity to be a head coach next year. He was the big winner of week 2 in my. Opinion. He, he of all adjusted. The figures in the NFL. Uh, he adjusted to the, the Broncos
0: hot start. He, he worked things out win. for Sam Howell who was making uh you know uh, he's still very very new his second start. Um and, and he did and I think this is what's interesting because I'll I, we'll go into this sound I want you to hear. What Eric Bienieme did on Sunday was construct an offense, not only in the sh- in the long term, but in the short term. It, changing his plays for that game to, one, combat what the Denver Broncos were doing, two, combat what the Denver Broncos were doing with his inexperienced, youthful quarterback. And threading that line to be able to say, I'm going to make sure that I'm calling the plays that put my young guy in the best position to succeed, knowing what his limitations are, knowing what my team's limitations are, and knowing what I'm combating. These are real-time adjustments. They're planned in advance, obviously, but they have to be executed in real time. Over on ESPN on the Around the Horn show, so you'll have to forgive some of the game show plinking sounds, Tim Callishaw out in Dallas and David Dennis Jr. had a chance to go back and forth about the Broncos and Russell Wilson to an extent. But you'll notice that what we're talking about with Eric Bieniemy on how he made sure that he adjusted in real time to maximize what his quarterback could do, minimize the exposure to what his quarterback could do. His quarterback playing on
1: a team that was behind mm-hmm. most of the game in the second half through nine passes.
0: Against a de- against a defense that was having early success. Many of them screen passes that went for big gains. Whereas early in the game, Russell Wilson didn't throw many passes and was having great success. Yeah, that's right. The real-time adjustments he least, threw eight in the first, at least according to these two gentlemen, Calishaw and Dennis Jr., might have been a little lacking. What was this trending for Sean Payton?
1: Not well. Maybe he needs some more hands on the quarterback. Maybe that would solve things for him. Uh, you know, he, he made a kind of a fool of himself when he was making fun of Nathaniel Hackett and how it went last year. But eventually, you've got to play games, and he's got to live with Russell Wilson and his flaws. So maybe that is a big part of the problem. Now, they still shouldn't have lost this game. Their defense uh, got run over by Washington in the second half. All those, all those scores in, in the red zone. So, and, and we thought Denver at least had a good defense, even if the offense was iffy. So he's got more problems than he imagined. He David
0: Dennis have. Jr., your review of Sean Payton's first two games in Denver. I know that ain't who I think it is, is talking like that in the press conference after the game. This is the same Sean Payton that said that the problem with this Denver Broncos team was basically they didn't have a competent coach, uh, head coach. And now he's in there and a press conference saying I had a lot of things to need to work on and enlisted what everybody else in the team had to work on without focusing on himself. The <laughs> defense just yes, needed some work. But that offense is looking atrocious, especially in that second half. They were talking about Russell, the, the,
2: the amount of time it took for plays to get called last season. Now he's saying it's Russell Wilson's fault that plays were getting called in time. The second half, Russell Wilson only had 52 yards passing.
0: He only had 300 yards for the whole game and about Half of those were in three plays. This offense is what Sean Payton brought here was brought here to improve upon, and he is not doing his job.
2: So you can talk about what everybody else needs to do; he needs to be better at head coach.
1: He is confused. He's thinking of the first game with some of those numbers. By the way, fifty-two yards in the second half. Right, was right, the first game. Right. Well, Last- he was
0: asked specifically about a review of the first two games. No, no, yeah. I understand. But you're right. But, but they got he, a little he mushed got a little Confused,
1: sure. but what did happen the other day was Russell Wilson threw eight passes for 154 yards in the first half and through 24 passes in the second half for 154 yards. (laughs) Now, uh, we have the two halves of Russell Wilson this year. Let me ask you, and if you combine the two halves, of course you have a full game. Mm -hmm. Two first halves, the numbers have been as follows. Think of these as game numbers and whether you'd like them or not. Yeah. 23 of 27, 279 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, sacked three times, uh, completing over 85% of his passes, a passer rating of 149.3. I think 158.3 uh, yeah, is, is perfect. Is
0: perfect, right. Uh, so you, you would take that, I right? would think
1: I would take that you from take any that. quarterback. He is yes. the leading quarterback in the league in first half yards per passing attempt after two weeks at 10.3. He is plus 18.6 on completion percentage over expectation. He is at a QBR where 100 is perfect of 97 ones in the first half. That is needless to say the best in the league. Second half, I'll give you the basic numbers. First 22 of 39, 206 yards, one touchdown, one interception, sacked six times completing not even 56 and a half percent of his passes and a passer rating of 69.0, which is far worse than Russell Wilson did last year. Far worse. 5.3, not 10.3, 5.3 yards per attempt in the second half. Been sacked six times in the second half on 47 dropbacks, and a QBR of 16.9, not 97.1, 16.9. That is 29th in the NFL. So if you're looking at the numbers by the end of the year, the worst five quarterbacks in the NFL, that's been second half Russell Wilson. Yeah. If you're looking to the numbers of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL, that's first half Russell Wilson. And Sean Payton has been the coach for all of those halves, four of them so far, all of those quarters. And the most stunning statistic is that Denver defensively is 30th in the league or third worst in points per drive against. The Raiders at 3.6 are the worst. Seattle 3.05, Denver 2.89. Denver, known as, at least last year, a pretty good Red Zone defense, right? One of the top Red Zone defenses right. in the league. Giving up Red Zone touchdowns on five of seven opposing trips to Red Zone. And, of course, they've had a high volume of explosive plays executed
0: against them as well. The it, It's just worth noting, Sadie, I guess, you know, as we well know. There's nothing magical about halftime. It's not as if Russell Wilson starts the game with a glass slipper on and then turns into a pumpkin at, at halftime. There's nothing magical about it. What happens is teams go into the locker room and they adjust. Yeah. And the truth of the matter is it, was, it could not have been more obvious that Eric Biennemi did an infinitely better job adjusting his offense in real time than Sean Payton did. And it wasn't even close The enemy coach circles around Peyton in that particular matchup when you're talking about the offenses alone adjusting to game situation, what the opponents are doing and what their quarterbacks are doing. Absolutely. And
1: I I understand when you're ahead 21-14 and you've scored on your first three possessions, touchdowns in every instance. Right. You know, you're not going to change a lot. But my my thing is he did. He effectively had already benched Jaleel McLaughlin. And for the second half, he pretty much yes. benched Marvin. James. And Russell Wilson doesn't make those calls. That's not Russell Wilson's fault. That, 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 two of his leading weapons. I would argue Mims was his leading weapon he certainly in was. the first half. How could you he's argue on the he wasn't? bench for virtually the entire second half. And all the coach can say after the game is, well, you know, a lot of that is dictated by personnel groupings and uh, coverages and blah, 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 blah. You had a guy catch 113 yards worth of passes
0: in the first half.
1: And he's not on the it field in the second, second half? is second ever game. What are you thinking about? Right. What are you uh, thinking Then about?
0: change your personnel groupings. I mean, uh, adjust. Oh, well, obviously. Adapt. Adjust. You know, do what you need to do to change things. And well, they, I think they that's They never took
1: him away. Peyton took him away.
0: Right. And then, you know, it seems like the plays were coming in at a decent rate in the first half, and then in the second half, apparently a problem. I well, mean, well actually, seem- in
1: the first half, they called three timeouts. Well, yes. By midway point of the second quarter, I believe. So it was a problem in the first half. It was the fly in the ointment. Yeah. That's the reason My point why, is though, however, after still, scoring they still touchdowns were effective. the first three drives, uh, all they did was, uh, well, I could use stronger words. But they were still but, uh, effective. they messed around a lot. They, they, yeah, there's a lot of fiddling
0: and diddling. And, uh, and in, that's what's surprising me is this, quarter, uh, look, I, I can get it. I get it. I, you can make whatever criticism of Russell Wilson you'd like, and you will probably have some truth to virtually any of it. He is a, a quarterback that at this stage in his career, at the age of 34 years old, turned 35 in November, and taken an extraordinary number of sacks over the course of his career. I've gone over that. He's going to be the, the youngest uh, member of the 500 sack club this season and seems that way that's going to have some wear and tear on a guy. That's not really all that big at the same time. Russell Wilson didn't shrink. He, he, he's not demonstrably different in his, he didn't all of a sudden learn a different way of throwing a different way of reacting. A different Russell Wilson is who Russell Wilson is. Sean Payton should know that there's a lot more coverage of that. There's a lot more understanding of that than there is with Sam Howell, who Eric Bieniemy seems to be able to work things around. And the you had it on the head, Sandy. The idea that none of it was Russell Wilson last year, according to Sean Payton, and two games in, it's all right. Russell Wilson. Right is is almost farcical. But it just that doesn't we, make sense. We did call it, didn't we? Not yes. Nothing. Uh, I said flat out on the highway Including losses. I think he's a talented coach.
1: losses. But would nothing's ever, be ever his Sean fault. Payton's fault. It's never. His Nothing.
0: Fault. And every everybody get ready to hear that sound of that beep 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 oh, of the bus. because it's going to back over you before. Well, that's anything else. You know, that's just what it is. That's it, just Mike Sean Sando Payton's said mo. Said it uh, to
1: Sean Payton. Sean Payton is never the problem. To Sean Payton. Sean Payton is never the problem. That was Mike Sando in the Athletic yesterday in his weekly column. Uh, and truer words are never spoken. And this is what they said about him in New Orleans, too. Right. None of this lie. is new. None of this is and new. And remember when we had the debate a few months back. And, and there was some division of opinion on this. Why was Sean Payton hired? Was he hired primarily to win? Or was he hired to fix Russell Wilson, which would inevitably produce winning? Well... I argued that he was hired to win. I agree. But even if you disagree with that, the
0: quickest pass waiting for
1: two. Yeah, he's not winning, and he hasn't fixed Wilson. And again, I understand it depends on when you're watching Russell Wilson. If you're watching him only in the first half, of the first two games, you think he's been great, and Peyton's fixed him. If you watch him the second half, it's a train wreck. And it isn't just
0: Russell Wilson's failure. No that's the part that's important and uh it's not even by the way peyton and wilson that you we heard the guys on around the Run call it the defense absolutely. and rightly so we'll take a look oh, at absolutely. that and i have so if you want to be a little more i get it it's been up and down by the halves sandy illustrated it perfectly but on the whole if you want to look at russell wilson and say is he, things getting a little better i have some numbers that indicate that may indeed be the case i'll share them with you next on my Life sports
1: Brother, there's an endless road to rediscover.
0: This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Two games into the season, Sandy. If you look at uh, EPA, expected points added, right? That's a, a sort of a newer metric, but a pretty good way of basically taking every play into consideration of down distance and, uh, and score and all this sort of stuff. So EPA per play, Russell Wilson among quarterbacks after two games, ranks 10th. That might be a little surprising now in the sort of weird towel of Russell Wilson. At this point, his pass EPA is 5.7. That's 14th best among quarterbacks. it's still top half. Not amazing, but his top half. It is the Rush EPA of 5.9, which is the best in the NFL. Better than Daniel Jones, better than Josh Allen, better than Lamar Jackson, you name it. Better. And he's been scrambling 5.4% of the time, and there's been some designed runs, but Wilson's ability to get it done on the ground including not only the design plays, but picking and choosing when to run has actually been on point. I get it. And he's not running around in circles. anymore. And I get it. He fumbled and you're right, but he's not running around in circles. He's he's been more decisive and he's going after the first down and he's, he's doing his best to get down. And I, I get it. You can't fumble. It's the NFL. Uh, he was hit pretty hard across the face and then the, the got, and then it came straight down right into the ball. It does happen. Um, and, I'm sorry. They were up
1: 21-3 at the time. Right. I and mean, it wasn't like it was a one-score. Yeah, to hear Peyton talk about it, that,
0: that gave away that, that, the game. That,
1: that, he, like that's you were, basically you, what he said. You that were up three shifted, scores. It basically said it shifted the momentum. You were still up three scores. And the implication scores. was irrevocably right. shifted the momentum, which is nonsense, when the score is 21-3.
0: Three scores. So Wilson has been playing at least like, and this is what I had talked about part of the season, he needed to play like a top half quarterback i thought that was realistic i don't think top 10 realistic and i know you don't either well but i thought no, if he could no, play like a about, top half quarterback he's he's at
1: about the place i thought he should be as a passer which should be 14 epa yeah now uh, the rushing has moved him up a few spots several spots
0: yeah to 10 but, overall
1: yeah but but as a, know, passer, n- nobody's a passer 14. the first two weeks thinks he's necessarily one of the top 10 quarterbacks no. in the league, but fact, he's not the, one of the
0: 10 worst. The top either. passer in EPA is Tua Tagovailoa, not surprisingly, yeah. who is dead last in the league in rushing Well, EPA. because they don't want him running. Right. Uh, and when he gets hit,
1: they want him now falling down the way he's been taught through jujitsu to fall down. Right. The, the he get took jujitsu classes in the you offseason are, You are in out of fall down. Peyton
0: Manning's self-sack territory yeah, at this well, time. sure. And especially sure. because the, and the, he's leading the league in, in expected points added. Mm-hmm. By almost double the number two guy. And by more than double the number three guy. And that's Kirk Cousins. He's great. And you know who else has been really, really good?
1: And I'd be interested to see where he is in these rankings. Mm -hmm. Baker Mayfield.
0: Baker Mayfield in pass EPA is seventh. Seventh. It is Tonga Vailoa, Love, Cousins, Stafford, Goff, Prescott. And Mayfield staying in the pocket. And Mayfield. He's not...
1: Followed Run by Josh Allen
0: and Jimmy Garoppolo,
1: because yeah. I, I mean, led by Tristan Wirfs,
0: so they got a decent. And he has a negative rush it. EPA. So if you were to take we're, the total right. they, EPA, they don't want him running. As if I, you know, we running. talked about that with Russell Wilson. Total EPA, Wilson, believe it or not, is eighth, and Mayfield is eleventh. But it is the passing part I think that we're mostly concerned about, and I think it's worth talking about that at that stage. But yeah. I think realistically, we talked about Wilson turning 35 in a couple of months. He plays how he plays. We've seen an effort. You've talked about it. He, he does, He's not running around in circles. He's been more decisive when he runs. He's been getting rid of the ball faster than last year. And if he's performing as a top-half quarterback, I kind of feel like you're paying Sean Payton $18 million a year or so to work with that player and build an offense that will be functional if you have a quarterback of that level. And I think if you're a Bronco fan, it's fair to say, wait a minute, how is Eric bien doing that with Sam Howell? How are the Buccaneers doing that with Baker Mayfield? How are the Packers doing it with Jordan Love? And Super Bowl winner Sean Payton isn't getting it done with Russell Wilson. Wait a minute, what's the problem here? And I think it's a fair question to ask. How much of this is on Peyton at this point? I mean, where where do you realistically expect Wilson to be able to rise to to then say, well, now Peyton can may elevate his game? My sense, and it's just a sense,
1: it's only based on two weeks, that at least through his commentary post game, mostly the other day, as opposed to week one. He is greasing the skids for a quarterback change, okay? And the way he thinks, and again, we we have sixteen years worth of evidence as head coach, right? And and a lot of documentation on Sean Payton. Without knowing him, but to me, you, you've got. Other teams, including apparently Washington, who think that's kind of what's going on. And that it is Sean Payton's belief, as well as the belief of certain coaches around the NFL, apparently, that the Broncos still might well be 0-2 with Jared Stidham at quarterback, but they would be doing better with Jarrett Stidham at quarterback because Jarrett Stidham will paint by the numbers. And Russell Wilson won't. Although I'm not sure I understand how he throws eight passes in the first half and you're up 21-3 to at one point, but 21-14 at the half, still a lot. And he throws three times as many passes in the second half. And for a majority of the second half,
0: they're still a hit. And let, let me assure you that the let Russ cook is more than eight pass attempts in a half. And 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 Wilson yeah. went but, along with it. I don't think Wilson.
1: It did, I mean, he was great. I don't. I don't get the impression that, that Wilson is eight
0: attempts. Have you gotten any impression or any word? any I haven't. I haven't seen any indication. I haven't heard any word that Wilson is bristling and saying, "I don't want to run this offense. I'm not going to do it." I haven't heard that at all. I've heard all I've seen and all I've heard is that Wilson is trying to do what he is being asked to do.
1: Let's review the economics, though. He is guaranteed. million in 2024. If he is still on the roster at the start of the 24 league year, $37 million in guarantees in 2025 go into effect. There is heavy, dead money tied to a release next spring, early next spring, of Russell Wilson. Right. If you cut him past June first, the hit would be I say only, right. Thirty five million dollars for next year. It would split between twenty four and twenty five. They could split up the, the hit. And and that that's manageable. I'm just wondering, and I'd love to hear what you and the listeners think about this, if Sean Payton hasn't already kind of sort of reached a conclusion about Russell Wilson and maybe Jarrett Stidham isn't quite ready now, but could he be ready by midseason, by the bye week? I don't know. We don't get to watch practice, so there's no real way to tell from week to week how many snaps Stidham is getting. But I think he's beginning to construct an argument. And I I, I know this sounds conspiratorial, and I don't mean it to be. But I think Peyton is beginning to construct an argument. And maybe he began to do that in earnest after the game on Sunday he's beginning to construct an argument for the replacement of Russell Wilson as quarterback of the Denver Broncos.
0: Well, we have a perfect person to ask about that as Fox 31's Aaron Anderson joins us in just a couple. We'll ask him that question as well. Is Russell Wilson simply not Sean Payton's guy? And Payton knew he has an opportunity to get out of it sooner rather than later. It's a possibility. I mean, after two games, there was a lot of blame being thrown Wilson's way and not a lot being taken by Payton. We'll talk all that over with our friend arn anderson next on miley sports uh, what do you say?